like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Ah, baby, bone sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. The key. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, y'all. Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. I'd be upset too. I really would. If I were you, I'd be upset, Seth. Hey, girl. What's up? Ooh, that was really like kinky. It's not going to look like you didn't have a top on. It's like, oh, this could be fun. Take it off. I can take my top off. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm pretty gross, dude. I shaved. Probably get us more views. I shaved my face. And then, so I had hair like all over my chest. And then I forgot I had to sweep the pool because of the uh, party today. So then I went out and swept the pool and got all sweaty. So now I have like face hair stuck to my chest. So I was like, I better put Ew. a shirt on to cover all that up before I, I have to shower, right? So it'll be fine. Yeah, you nasty. Yeah, oh, you nasty girl. Ooh, you nasty. Nasty boy. <laughs> I like that, dude. I like being called dirty names. What else you got for me, Jess? Call me something else nasty. Mm, lint liquor. You lint liquor. <laughs> oh, dude, we were at a party last night, and um, a a gal, a gal walked out of the house. So there was like, like I said, like the house was in the front, the pool was directly behind the house, and there was a big barn behind the pool. Okay. Yeah. So we have the kids in the pool, and Abby and I are sitting under a big gazebo watching the kids swim. Gazebo and this, I'd say she was probably tw- anywhere from 21 to 24 in that age range. This girl, okay, she walks out and she has a white tank top on, and that was like obviously like jeans and a white tank top. And she like is walking, and I look over and I look back at the kids, and I'm like, "There's no way I just saw that." So I look look over again, and sure enough, you can see directly through this girl's white top and see everything. I'm oh, sure you shit. weren't looking though. Well. I was looking, and then I'm like, Abby, did you see that? And she was like, see what? And I was like, that girl's top. And she was like, no. And I was like, you can see right through it. And she was like, oh, well, why are you looking? And Jesse was like, my sister, was like, I was looking too. I couldn't look away. I mean, were they nice? Very, very small breasts. Which, bites? You know I'm not a big fan of small breasts. Um, but I'll be honest. I'll be honest. The nipples were a little dark for that choice of top color. Oh, she's got them dark nips. There's no. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a dark nipple. You just may not want to wear a white shirt. I mean, what color are your nips, Seth? These are more of a pinkish color. I don't know. Oh, let's see them. Let's see what you got. No, I'm not showing you my nips. Why? Blast your nips. Just put I'm one up here. We're not recording nips. video. Let's see what you got, man. That's all right. I'll pass. Whatever. You've just seen trying my to nips. see a nip. You've seen me in the pool. Jesus Christ. We're just trying to see a nipple. Let's see Jess's nips. That would be inappropriate. That oh, God. She, whoa, whoo, I thought it was coming out. I was like, ah, I was going to have to. <laughs> hmm. 
and ain't no skeeter bite. I can say that much. She need, she got her a two hander. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to stand up and brace herself. I probably would. She have to call for help. <laughs> Uh, she could like a stack of books out and like set it on top of the books <laughs> she could do the watermelon smash oh god have you seen that mm -hmm. that looks painful i feel like that would hurt so those have to be fake mm, i don't think they're fake but it would definitely hurt. i don't think a fake one you could get to really rocking around like that i have no idea if it, you just, could swing it, around it looks it. like they're not in pain at all and i'm like i know for a fact that would hurt so bad i would have to i would i would think yeah, I would think. But Jess, we're getting the full nature effect today. Seth's recording outside. Ooh. I'm not, but there's a lot of birds around here out in the country. That's okay. I'm out here too. I was out doing the sweeping the pool, and it was beautiful out. It's gonna be a hot freaking day again, though. I'm so. It's been beautiful because at night we have like the balcony off the back of the house with the the French doors, and we have a uh, screen that goes over it so we can like sleep with the doors open. So like there's nice. this beautiful breeze that comes through, but I'm like, man, we're getting to where probably that's not going to be happening much longer because it's going to be hot all night. Yeah. That's true. It's not going to be perfect great. day for the lake. Is that where you're headed? Yeah, after this. Ooh, nice. Is that where you? Now where Jess done? is headed to? I'm going kayaking. Ooh. Do you think Jess's crick, her kayaking, and the crick is going to like open up into your lake? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that'd be cool, dude. You'll be out there floating in your upside down life jacket, and here comes mm -hmm. Jess through the channel, and it'll be like Dawson's Creek. It'll be like, I don't want to wait. And here comes Jess, like standing up in the kayak. <laughs> I don't fucking stand. I don't play that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I like fall. <laughs> wobbling around, trying not to step on a titty. Yeah, I'm good on all that. <laughs> like I stay, sta I stay pretty before. stationary. Yeah. Mm. They're hard enough to get in and out of. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to stand on it. I've never been in one. You've never gone cabrewing? No, I don't. I don't get in. I told you my cousin lived next to Mad River. Their house mm -hmm. was like right off of it. And I've seen what is in that water. I have no desire to put my body in that water. That's so much fun, though. Is it? Is it? Till yeah. you get a little turd that floats up and hits you in the chin or you got a snake that slithers up because it wants to eat you. Mm. Mm -mm. Nope. Never seen those. Nope, I've watched I've watched kids take shits in Mad River. I've watched them stand on the <laughs> off the bank there and piss into it. Nope, it nope. dissipates in the water. No desire, none. I mean, I'll go out <laughs> to like Indian Lake and get in the lake, which is probably just as bad. Right. It's. I think it's worse because I can't really see the bottom all the time. At least in the like river, or the creek, I can like see the bottom usually. Yeah, the water is really clear. You can see. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, I don't want to see what's in it. I'd rather not see. I'd rather not know. Indian Lake is terrible right now. That's what they I heard. So much, they have so much like grass growing up through the bottom. Like people can't even take their boats through without it fucking up their motor. It's clear yeah. though now, right? Because didn't they skim the top of it and it took a bunch of algae off so it let the sun shine through? They skim it and then it's like it grows right back again. Is the water clear though? No. Oh. And, and like some spots it is, but you can tell there are like huge patches of grass like all over the place. Oh, wow. So because good i was just gonna say there were like these little like mussels that people brought over from lake Ooh, erie and that's hard. what's happening like the mussels are like eating off the bottom and it's making all this grass grow up throughout the lake and it's like fucking everything up oh uh, see i thought they skimmed it and it allowed because it was so gross that they like basically cleaned the lake and then it allowed like the stuff underneath of like flourish and grow up so they brought no. in mussels 
Yeah, like it was stuck to the bottom of their boat. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could flex again. Justin laughed the first three times, so I'm getting turned on. So you gotta stop. I know Seth's oh camera went off. I was like, oh no. <laughs> but like Choctaw Lake's not clear at all. Like you can't see anything. Yeah. Because it's got like a muddy bottom, like if where, where you can touch. So ew. I thought if, but I thought if they allowed uh, motorboats on it, they usually weren't clear. Because aren't those things like really bad for the water? Yeah, I mean they like oil and gas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Oh well. Because there's some lakes that like don't allow anything motorized. It has to be like a you know a pedal boat or something. They're more of a traditionalist, you know, like in the bedroom, who maybe they don't like to and you know bring in toys or motorized toys. They just like standard missionary style <laughs> bedroom activities. How boring. Right. And then you've got the dirty, nasty lakes like Indian Lake that they're just like, mm-hmm. hey, man, bring your toys in. Maybe a, maybe a swing, maybe some sort of... <laughs> bring your toys in. Bring your toys in. Maybe a, a ball gag. I don't know. Definitely need a ball gag. You look like the kind of guy that would love a good ball gag. So do you mm-hmm. do the ball gag or do you give the ball gag? I've had a ball gag in my mouth before. <laughs> <laughs> and balls. Tep- <laughs> testicles? Yeah, testes. Oh, have you ever gagged on a man's testicles? No, I've never encountered any that are that saggy that you gag on them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe now oh. as I'm getting older, I might. <laughs> oh my god, his clientele Your time is coming. His like clientele has changed. Like sucks it down in there and blocks it. <laughs> Dude, if you fucking died by strangulation <clears throat> of testicles, I would like. I don't know. I feel like, am I going to get to speak at your funeral? I'll be dead, so I won't care either way. Yes. Not that you're dead. <laughs> I'm not happy you're dead. I'm happy I'm getting to, to I'm speak. Gonna Are you going to get married soon so I can do another best man speech or what? Like, I've, I've got a good one lined up. I'm ready to go. Well, Jess is supposed to hook me up with Zach Efron, and if she would get on that, mm-hmm. then yes. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have his direct number. I hmm. bet you do. Hey, I'm thinking, and it, you guys tell me if you think this is a viable business or not, okay? And you guys are usually pretty honest with me. So I would like to, because I'm, I'm really good, in my opinion, at giving speeches, okay? So I feel like I should rent out my services for, uh, I don't know, birthday parties, weddings, funerals. They could hire me and be like, um, we would like you to come be the best man at the wedding, and here's all the information about the groom. I can go and act like I'm this, this guy's buddy from like maybe college. Like, oh, uh, Trevor's <laughs> Trevor's best friend from college. Uh, I need a better name than Josh, though. Um, I think what you're basically describing is like an escort service. No, I don't want to <laughs> sleep with anybody. I just want to go. I want to drink, and I want to give like an awesome best man speech. Isn't there a movie about that? I think there is. Kevin Hart's in it. He's like yeah, he a, like hires him to like say all this stuff about he's it. He's like yeah. a professional best man, and he goes to this dude's wedding. It's the dude that talks for Olaf, Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Yeah. Well, way to ruin my business venture, Jess. Thank you. But you know, that's already a thing. You could still be the <laughs> wedding dancer. He could pole dance. No, that'd be more. That's not really my. You've seen me dance, Seth. I'm very not great <laughs> at it. But talking, I could talk all day, as you guys know, which is a great segue because we're trying to avoid me talking all day because Seth has a lake trip, Jess has a canoe trip, and I am hosting uh, the, a third birthday party for the weekend. So, Seth. What? What have you been up to? Well, I haven't watched anything since we last recorded, Boring. other than this movie. Mm. But I do have kind of a funny story. So, you know, when we were recording the other night, my mom, like, 
pushed her boobs up against the glass. Titty, titty smashed the glass. I mean, she had a shirt on, but then she came in a few minutes later and there's like a step ladder in here and she took it and like left with it. I'm like, okay. And she came back like three minutes later laughing, putting it back and then left. And, I'm, and I asked her the next day, I'm like, what were you doing? So apparently she set it up by the door so she could stand up on it and moon me, but I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my God. Was she up there mooning you? Yeah, she was standing on a stepladder, I guess, with her butt against the glass of the wow. door. But it's like off to the side, so I didn't even notice it. <laughs> that happens regularly? The, the, there's butt cheeks on the glass? Sometimes. I don't know. I have strange parents, but funny. Huh. Well, that's unfortunate. I wish you would have like snapped a picture of it. We could have put her it on t-shirts. Knocked or something. Dude, we should have put it on t-shirts. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. Other than that, I was at Josh's for a kid's birthday party. You were. You were supposed to hang out, and you didn't, but that's cool. We ended up going to like 1, 30, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. That's probably for the best. It was, <laughs> Dude, I felt pretty <laughs> shitty yesterday. I'm not going to lie. Been, yeah, I would have been hungover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. Wow. How uh, very? Hey, how's your book challenge going? Are you reading anything, or did you give up? I haven't for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Have wow. you guys? Jess? No, I have not. Especially now that it's summer. Like I don't know. I screwed up. I'm not good at reading um, short stories because I started uh, the Night Shift, the Stephen King book, and it's a bunch of short stories. And the problem is, I've come to realize is I'm not good at finishing those books because I very much am a um, person that likes to finish something I start. So, like, I feel like I read one of the short stories and then I'm like, okay, that short story is done. I don't need to read the book anymore. And then I put it off and I'm like, oh shit, I got to read that book. So then I pull the book back out, read another short story. Versus if, like, I just started a book, I would read that whole book. You know what I mean? Mm, right. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to cancel and I'm going to start Christine instead. So I'll let you know how it goes. I just feel like it's hard to read in the summer because everyone's outside doing stuff and, like, you don't want to just, like, sit in the house and read. I don't know. Mm. Maybe on a That's rainy true. day, which we haven't had any. Yeah, they need those need to stay away. Jess, what have you been watching? Anything? Um, I finished Stranger Things. Don't say anything. I haven't watched it yet. I won't say anything, but yeah, I finished it last Are night. you happy or disappointed or I'm happy. I liked how it ended. It was good. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be more, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, at least one more. I don't know how much more, but um I think you guys will be pleased with it and it answers a lot of questions. Oh, good. Mm. So it kind of brings it all together. Yes. Good. I was like, this This answers all the questions that we were, or like open-ended type things that we were talking about. Like they tie it all together. So I think you guys will be pleased with that. Do they make light of the fact that Elle can talk now all of a sudden? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, you know what? I we're gonna. I'm, I would imagine we will do a Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 2. And hopefully I'll come back and I might be defending it to you guys next time who knows you're gonna you're gonna see i was like oh josh is gonna be like happy about this <laughs> you mean you were sitting around on one of your well-earned days off jess watching stranger things and you were thinking about me i was oh <laughs> i was just th- i was thinking about our conversation and everything and i was like man this like everything that they're doing like right into the the first episode of the second part it, they like start answering everything that we were like, it sucks that this is open-ended. Like, what's this all about? Like they go right into it. So you guys will be happy with it. I Yay. bet I bet you that it was a good thing I released that episode on Patreon before. Cause I bet you one of our patrons work for Stranger Things and then they were like, We gotta fix this now. Yeah. 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 Like that was within it. a couple of days. Yeah. The day before it released, they were able to mm-hmm. fix it. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> 
Um, that's, I mean, that's really all that I've yeah. done. I mean, we recorded like three days ago, so that kind of makes sense. Um, the only thing I've watched is Charlotte and I watched Jurassic Park 1, and she fell asleep. Uh. She fell asleep. But the problem is that movie's very slow at the beginning because you're like 30 it minutes is. in before you see any dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while. And I feel like I, sh- I screwed up. We should have started with Jurassic World, the first one with Chris Pratt, because I feel like there's dinosaurs right out of the gate with that one. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, whereas Jurassic Park one, there's not very many dinosaurs, so I think it, it didn't hold her interest. So anyway, other than that, um, that's it. So this is HMC ninety two. We are talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're now into July, and our July theme is I don't know if we can call it new release, but like maybe newer, newer release month. Maybe newer movies or something. Newer, newer release. God, I'm, lo- I'm telling you, Seth, people are going to be listening to this in their headphones because I've listened to podcasts before that have had birds in the background. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take my headphones out and I won't hear the birds anymore and it'll be really weird. So like, it's we're really going to... Are you eating? No. Oh, I was like, is this guy's really on here eating right now? Sheesh. Sorry, I can't do anything about the birds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not upset. So July, the theme is newer releases. We are doing uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we're talking about today. The next movie will be Studio 666, which was my pick for the month. And then, Seth, what did you pick? I had picked Fresh. Fresh. I've never even heard of that. That's on Hulu. It's actually pretty good. I'm going to, we'll see, because they uh, do not have a good track record. I know, but this one was surprisingly pretty decent. Hmm. Okay. Jess, have you seen Fresh? I haven't. Oh, I've heard gosh. of it, but I've not seen it. Hmm. Oh, good. Guess we're going into it blind. Um, all right. Getting lit and talking shit. Scary movie discussion. Again, our movie this episode, uh, episode is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Jess, you picked this movie. I'm sure everybody already knows why, but why did you pick this movie? I love the Ghostbusters movies. I picked uh, this for that reason. Also, you know, Paul Rudd's in it. <laughs> that There's dude, that. he looks like the same as he did in Clueless. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it looks the fucking same. I think hey. he is so good in this movie. Like, so yeah. funny. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just like this movie a lot. And I don't know. I think it's like PG. I'm pretty sure it's a PG movie. It's not rated R or anything. So Right. Nope. It was PG-13 because I tried to get the girls to watch it. And we started it in the back room. And it was I watched yesterday morning. So it was way too light in there. So there was like glares all over the TV. So I had to move to the front. And they were like, yeah. nah, dad, we're good. We're going to stay back here. It was like, oh, man. <laughs> I think they really would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. Maybe in another year or so, they'll, they'll be able to get into it. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's a really good movie. And it, like, it ties everything up really well. I think there's supposed to be another one, though. I would, there is. I saw it somewhere in the fun facts. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I, I agree with you. I'll, I'll mirror what you say. I think Paul Rudd, and again, I'm kind of revealing our HMC favorite section later. But I think Paul Rudd steals the show in this movie. So he did. And he, I think he does that in just about every movie. Yeah. But yeah, this wasn't there. Didn't the one before this, the one like the reboot do really bad. Yes. It was like all, yeah. wasn't it all girls or something? Yeah. Or, I never Melissa saw it, McCarthy though. was in it. Yeah. It was like all the Saturday night live people, wasn't it? Or a lot mm-hmm. of them. Kristen Wiig. Um, yeah. Was it terrible? Yeah, it wasn't great. That's bad. Mm. Abby yeah. and I watched it and didn't mind it. It just really wasn't like this. You can tell ties into the original movies, and there's a lot of like nostalgia tied to it. Whereas I feel like I don't think this is a reboot. I guess it kind of is a reboot to the franchise, but I don't feel like they were coming into this and trying to basically disregard the previous movies. Like they used the stuff from the previous movies, 
throughout this entire movie. Whereas with the one with Melissa McCarthy, I felt like they were trying to take Ghostbusters and basically redo it and like make it its own thing and kind of did not necessarily disregard the previous movies, but but they yeah. were doing that during that time frame because they were taking all these older movies and then giving them all female leads and like adding social commentary and whatnot, which we don't need to get into. But I feel like they were just trying to make it something it wasn't, whereas this movie takes all of the groundwork already laid and just continues to build upon the story. Yeah, it's more of a continuation versus something totally new, which I liked. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so our characters, we got Callie, played by Carrie Coon, Gruberson, played by Paul Rudd, Trevor, played by Finn Wolfhard. So this is our second episode in a row where we've talked about Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question about him after after scene one, but uh, Phoebe, played by McKenna Grace, which I also thought she was fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. her in anything else. Um, I think she's in that Young Sheldon show. She's in a ton of horror movies, and... She was in The Haunting of Hill House. Was she? She played the young Theodora. Oh. How she old was also she? in um, Annabelle Comes Home. She's the daughter in that. Really? Yeah. Okay, I've seen her then in a lot of stuff. <laughs> yep. And uh, she was in that Amityville Awakening. Really? I think you said you had seen that, but she was in Malignant too, and I haven't seen that. Oh, she's yeah, the young the girl. She's the the main character, but as a kid. Yeah. No shit. Maybe it's because she looks so different in this. Yeah, she's got like I think her hair in real life or how she has it dyed is normally like blonde, but she's uh she's like really dark, short, curly hair in this. Huh. Well, I thought she was excellent. Her and Paul Rudd were like perfect together. I thought. Yeah. Who was the uh, the too. podcast dude? Was pretty good. Yeah. Logan Kim, yeah, yeah, he he was good. I thought him and Phoebe were good together, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like them as a, a duo. Uh, Lucky is played by Celeste O'Connor, and then you have the original Ghostbusters: Peter Vinkman, played by Bill Murray; Ray Stance, played by Dan Aykroyd; and Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie Hudson. Now, Jess, am I correct? The actor that plays is it? What's his, what's his name? Odin, Ogan, Ogan, Augie, Egon, Egon. That's it. He's dead, right? Yes, he passed mm-hmm. away. Okay, so that Harold was Harold Ramis was in 2014. Mm-hmm. Was that all CGI they did, or was that somebody else playing him? They used somebody else. I saw, but okay. like some of it was CGI. Um, let me look. I screenshotted it because it showed his name was Oliver Cooper. But yeah, they used him kind of as like a body kind okay. of stand-in for him. I kind of thought that was the case because they didn't have him talk. So I was like, okay, they're probably not having him talk because this is all like hologram. But have you ever seen like where they have like Tupac or like Biggie and they do like these hologram live performances and it looks like they're on stage with the people? Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's wild how they're able to do that. But yeah, that's what I kind of figured seen, it was. Go ahead. I don't know what they call it, but they take like old photographs and they like make the people move and blink and stuff. Have you seen mm-hmm. those? creepy yeah yeah it, it reminds me of those uh wanted posters in the harry potter movies how like they had yeah. serious black and he would like, yell. like can move their head and stuff i and love that yeah yeah i like it a lot too uh writers were gil kennan jason rittman who's also the director and then it said dan Aykroyd, but i think dan Aykroyd's credited for the original characters i don't know that he wrote this one i think it was it said like based on original characters by dan Aykroyd or something like that yeah yeah jess would you like to read the synopsis 
When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Bum bum bum. As a uh, as a hardcore Ghostbusters fan, Jess, were you upset by the way they were uh, talking about the grandpa? Throughout it made me really movie? sad. Yes, <laughs> I did. Ha- I was like super sad throughout the whole movie. I'm like, please God, let there be some type of redemption. <laughs> Did you storm out? No. (laughs) But it made me really like sad. And of course the ending was like super emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got teary. I teared up. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm glad that there was like a redemption because I was like, they can't just end it off with everyone fucking being like hating him and you know, thinking that he kind of deserted everyone. Right. But he definitely gets his redemption story. But I'm with you. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan, but I Throughout the whole thing, I was like, man, they're really doing this guy dirty if they don't like have some sort of, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment at the end of this where they all realize that, okay, this guy wasn't really a bag of dicks. Yeah. But, Ooh. Yeah. Not that kind of bag of dicks, Seth. Oh. <laughs> all right. Scene one, opening scene, the Ghostbusters Ecto-1 chases tr- a truck through the county, ending at an old farmhouse where an old man, which we find out who it is later, uh, fails to capture a ghost. Cut to Trevor, Phoebe, and their mother moving to Somerville because their grandfather had died. They arrive to a beat-up, decrepit house that Phoebe breaks into while Trevor wanders around the property. While they look around, the house starts to shake. The mom tells them they're going to be staying longer than a week, like she told them originally, because they were evicted and basically they're broke. They hit up a roller skating rink where Trevor applies a roller skating rink, a roller skating diner where Trevor applies for a job and falls in love with Lucky immediately. Back at the house, Phoebe notices a chessboard moving by itself, and Trevor finds the Ecto One car in the garage. The next morning, Trevor heads to town. Phoebe goes to summer camp. Uh, it's not really summer camp. It's like summer school, but like for nerds at school. And Callie meets Gruberson, who is teaching Phoebe's class where Phoebe meets podcast. Callie hits up the local hardware store and learns her dad was a frequent customer buying odd things. All right, that's it for that. So Jess, your first uh, your first thoughts on the opening scene. You're the you're the Ghostbusters guru around here. So you're first, you sit down at the theater. I'm assuming you watched this. What did you think? I was like, oh, this is crazy. I was I was just like really excited <laughs> to see it. Um, right off the bat, they are playing the same score from the original movies, so that like gave me like mm-hmm. you know tingles, mm-hmm. chills. <laughs> yeah, chills, the tingly of gooseies. Yes. Um, I was happy with it. I, I liked the intro. Mm. Seth, how much exposure do you have to Ghostbusters? Like, I've seen the other ones, but I, I've, like I said, I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan. Where are you at? You're older than us. You probably love them. I've seen them all, but I probably have not seen the original since the 80s, I bet. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. It's a while. I watched it with my parents, and they really liked these movies, so they were all into it. But I thought the opening was really good. So your parents uh, were into Ghostbusters. Were they like pointing things out like, oh, hey, that's from the original or, oh. Yeah, or they'd say like, oh, was that Gosar or whatever his name was. Like they knew who all the monsters were from the yeah. old ones. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, I missed all of that because I, again, I don't really remember much. But all I remember is the big marshmallow man, which we get to see some of those guys later. Yeah. And, but I like the opening. It like got right into it. It wasn't like boring. Mm-hmm. And I was sad we only got to see Annie Potts for like a couple minutes. Yeah, she's not in it a whole lot. I was hoping later when uh, Phoebe called the phone number, she would answer. But damn it, <laughs> maybe she'll be in like the next next one. I hope so. But yeah, there was a lot of comedic stuff between like 
uh, Phoebe and the mom and what's what's Finn's character Trevor Trevor yeah they were all pretty funny yeah, yeah. the connection I liked I liked how they all interacted they all interacted really well um Although I did notice one thing while watching this, like Finn is a pretty one-dimensional actor. <laughs> like his character in this could be his character from Stranger Things, and also it's very—he reminded me of a grown-up, mm. like an older version of Richie Tozer from It. Yeah, yeah, he's probably my least favorite character in this movie. And as much as I feel like they promoted this movie with him in it, he wasn't in it that much. I felt like the main character is really Phoebe in the mob yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he just wasn't that... A, I mean, he was funny, but he wasn't that interesting in this, I guess. Yeah, he was definitely more of like a supporting actor, like, yeah, on the side kind of thing. I did like how they laid the groundwork, too, because, like, everybody... They used to call him the dirt farmer, their grandpa, and they said he was always <laughs> up there farming, but it was always just dirt. And the whole time, like, man, that's got to mean something. And they continue to, like, pull back layers of it because, like, at the hardware store, uh, the the owner tells Callie, the mom, like, oh, he was always in here buying odd things. And he was always working on the land up there. But, again, it was always dirt. So then I, at the end, when it, I again, I think they did a really good job of pulling everything together at the end because they drop all these clues as to, like, what the grandpa was doing. But if we, like, lived in that town, we would also think that guy was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Anything else about the first scene? <laughs> scene two, the dirt farmer had a family. Uninterested by the Cujo movie playing in class, Phoebe learns that Gruberson is a seismologist and he explains that he's there to discover why the town shakes on a daily basis. Podcast gives Phoebe a tour of the town along with a history lesson taking her to the old mines. The mines closed because the miners started jumping into the mines to their deaths. Back at home, Phoebe notices the chessboard pieces have moved again and she begins playing chess with what seems to be a spirit. Suddenly, one of the gadgets in the old that, the, that we saw the old man use at the beginning of the movie lights up and starts making noises. Phoebe uses it to gu- as a guide walking through the house where lights begin to flicker as she walks, kind of leading her where it wants her to go. It leads her to a puzzle which built into the floor. She solves it and finds one of the Ghostbusters traps underneath the floor. She shows the trap to Gruberson the next day who gives her a history lesson on the Ghostbusters and the happenings in New York using YouTube videos. Uh, Gruberson, Phoebe, and Podcast hook the trap up to a school battery and jump it. Gruberson tells, uh, steps on the trigger, opening the trap, which I guess at first nothing happens. Then he like taps on it, but the trap opens up and a large ghost escapes, flying directly through like the school bus that they were in and then going right to the mine. Podcast tells Phoebe that her grandfather was a ghostbuster. Gruberson takes Phoebe home where he and Callie flirt awkwardly while Podcast and Phoebe look at old books, finding the ghost from earlier inside of one of the books that her grandfather had. They learn that the spirit is a gatekeeper for the other spirits who take form of beasts. They question what they had just let out of the trap. So this is really where we see the first interaction between Phoebe and uh, Paul Rudd's character, Gruberson. And again, I, I think that's probably my favorite part of the movie is the interaction between those two characters. My God, it's hilarious where she's like, I was, were you being obtuse? And she winks. That's terrible. But I, love yeah, I forget it. what the joke was, but it was yeah, funny. I do too. Well, the funny thing is like Lucy is really into jokes and I don't remember, I don't know if you guys remember this from when she was little, but she used to tell like really bad jokes and we would fake like n- pretend they were funny, but they were really bad just like this. So Abby watched part of this with me. And uh, we thought that part was really funny because it reminded us of Lucy telling bad jokes. But like, 
I think she is Phoebe is trying to tell jokes to make friends, right? Isn't that what she's working on doing? Yeah. Because they have that conversation in the car on the way to school about it. Yeah. Didn't you find it odd that she had no understanding that her grandfather was a Ghostbuster? How would she know? I just feel like if this had happened in actual life and there's YouTube videos of this, like people would be talking about it a lot. Like there's this big ass marshmallow man or whatever that goes through downtown New York and you got these three guys with these proton packs that catch ghosts. Like you don't think we would hear about this? I think that the mom just had such a grudge against him that she kind of kept that like filtered or mm-hmm. kind of like didn't ever bring it up. Plus it was so long ago. Maybe they just, you know, people probably didn't talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Or didn't believe it or whatever. I just felt like if that had been like an actual thing that happened, that they would be aware of it, but, or at least somewhat aware of it. I don't know. I guess they could have been, could have been aware of the Ghostbusters, but she didn't really know anything about her grandfather. So I guess she wouldn't have known he was a Ghostbuster, but I mean, maybe she didn't know his name or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think there's eventually like a, a part where she gets kind of like upset and is like, why didn't you tell me, you know? more about him like i didn't know he was so into science and everything like i am Mm. basically which makes sense because i feel like callie the mom didn't want phoebe to know because i think she saw a lot of her dad in phoebe Mm -hmm. which is why she tries to to hide her from it but dude when they get back to the house and podcast is like i think gruberson's trying to bang your mom (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny (laughs) like I, i don't know how much she knows about her dad either i don't know like when he left yeah. Right. So I don't know. She probably doesn't know that much. Well, I think doesn't the mom make a comment that the dad was fine with Trevor, but whenever Phoebe was born, he couldn't connect with her. So that's why he left. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crappy. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They never did really talk about that more. But. Maybe we'll find out more in the next one, Seth. Maybe. Scene three on top of the mountain. Trevor goes to the mountaintop with Lucky and all of her friends. She tells him she's fourth generation in Somerville, which they both agree is a dump. They hear a ghost that says, I think it says Gozer. Is that right? Gozer? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. all of a sudden, uh, it like shoots out of a large hole um, from in, like on top of the mountain up into the sky. Back at the house, Gruberson finds a map from a language written hundreds of years before Somerville had ever existed. Outside, Phoebe uses the ghost finder, which leads her to a shed. Underneath the shed, she finds her grandfather's lab equipped with gadgets and a model of the house in Somerville. A spirit guides her by using lights and opening drawers. Back in her room, she watches old YouTube clips of the Ghostbusters. The next day, Podcast and Phoebe experiment with one of the proton packs, shooting the rays at cans. They hear a ghost growling in an old building. Upon investigating, they find drippy goo all over the building, and it looks like something had been eating the pipes. Inside, they find a fat blue blob ghost who's eating pipes inside the building. Podcast decides to use the death whistle they found earlier at Phoebe's house, which just pisses the ghost off. Phoebe uses the proton pack to shoot at the ghost, grabbing it while Podcast sets up the trap, but it escapes. Meanwhile, we see Trevor finding, uh, again, he found the car earlier, but now somehow this kid's a mechanic, but he's working on the car. He gets it running and takes it through fields wildly, ultimately finding Phoebe and podcast alongside the uh, road, giving them a ride. So that's what I'm saying. Her grandfather is the spirit guiding her around this room, correct? Yes. Okay. I thought that was the case, especially when you find out later that he's like kind of there, but I was like... Like, yeah, he's like, you know, making the lights turn on and move and all that stuff. Yeah. Does it explain how he's like there? Did I miss that? 
Let's just assume he's a ghost. Yeah. I think it's just energy. Because he died, remember, in the house. So Energy, energy. Energy, <laughs> energy. I did like the scene where she finds the like uh, the little lab underneath the shed, mm-hmm. and uh, like it uh, how the thing guides her around, and she sees all the Ghostbusters stuff. I thought that was a really cool way to introduce that to them. Yeah, the podcast guy is just so funny. Like when he has that Polaroid camera in his glasses, that like the picture <laughs> shoots out the side. <laughs> I just like how he's when he's talking about his podcast. He's like, yeah, it really finds its voice in episode forty six. <laughs> sounds like me talking about our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to anything prior to episode 46 yeah <laughs> um do you find it odd she could just knew how to use this equipment i'm assuming maybe it was the youtube videos she like uh studied them maybe and that's how she could do it but i was like i don't know that i could just put on this proton pack and start using it i feel like we're just supposed to assume she's like smart enough to figure it out because at some point she's like pull something like a, something out of a I don't know what it is just like how did you get blah 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 this size or whatever so I think she like knew what the stuff was yeah mm, that's true yeah because that's right because it's when she first finds it and because doesn't she fix it because it's not working yeah she like yeah yeah so I think we're just supposed to assume she figured it out mm. well it's like in the beginning like when the power goes out at the apartment she's like I can fix that <laughs> so I Didn't think remember? you're supposed to like yeah realize that she's really handy and like knows how to do all that shit because when they moved to the house remember the mom's like can you break into your grandfather's house and she picks the lock that's right that's right okay did we talk about the chessboard thing yeah i brought it up i don't think we went in depth where she's playing chess with a spirit yeah i assume that was her dad right oh her dad i thought it was the grandpa yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, okay yeah i think it's the grandfather um what else did i have here I do like that they give Trevor something to do. Like he fixes the car and he drives the car. Cause I feel like he would have been <laughs> like all he does though. <laughs> right. Well, he, he works and whatever. Mm. Like, but I, I, don't know. I feel like he would have been pretty pointless. Had, it just would have been like, Oh, Hey, Finn Wolfhard is in this movie. Had they not given it. But I do like that. He drives the car. And I also like how they each have like their own thing. Like she knows how to use the proton pack and is really smart. He drives the car. And then you've got, podcast who like uh uses all the trap machines which i thought was pretty cool right they're a team they're the new ghostbusters they each have a role Ooh, speaking of role playing scene four gruberson and mama go on a date gruberson bores callie with earthquake knowledge and science callie tells gruberson that the kids uh their father left after phoebe because he couldn't connect with her gruberson tells her that she's just a normal nerdy kid and he thinks it's great uh, back in the car, the group hear a police report about an animal eating people's cars. They know it's the blue ghost they call Muncher from earlier in the movie, which they find downtown eating a fire hydrant. Phoebe sits in the car's gunner seat. Trevor chases Muncher through town as Phoebe uses the proton pack, racing through town, destroying most of the buildings. Muncher's headed toward the mountain, and they race after him. Phoebe grabs him with the proton pack, and podcast traps him just before he gets inside the mountain. Driving back, they discuss their grandfather. They're pulled over by police officers and they are arrested. In jail, Trevor learns that Lucky's dad is the sheriff. Phoebe uses her one phone call and calls Ray Stance, one of the original Ghostbusters. She tells him that Egon Spangler was her grandfather 
and he died last week. He tells her that Egon went crazy, saying that the world was coming to an end. He stole all of their gear and moved to Oklahoma. The sheriff ends the call abruptly as Callie and Gruberson arrive to pick the kids up. Phoebe tells Gruberson that they caught a ghost. It's in the trap. The sheriff tells him she's, uh, I'm sorry, tells her she found, uh, she sounds just like her grandfather, who was a lunatic, and they leave the proton pack and trap at the police station unwillingly. Back at the house, Callie tells Phoebe her dad was a loser that turned his back on his family, his partners, and moved to some shithole town no one cares about. Upset, Phoebe tells Callie that he wasn't nuts. Callie replies, well, then he was just an asshole. Welcome to the family. This is where I have the note. This is like a genuinely good role for Paul Rudd. I feel like he's just acting like Paul Rudd in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like on the date? Yeah. Like just in general, the way he interacts mm-hmm. with Phoebe. Like I just think Paul Rudd's probably just a genuinely good dude. <laughs> I, I really like when um, it's kind of backtracking a little bit, like when they when he drops the kids back off of the house and they're kind of flirting and podcast is like, oh, I think he wants to bang your mom or whatever. Yeah. Well, she, he's like, says something and she's like, yeah, the only thing in this house is, is my dying soul or whatever. And he's like, oh, is that what that smell is? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, it's not dinner. <laughs> it was, yeah. they're, they're funny together, the two adults. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really well written, I think, too, because he interacts well with the kids and the adult and the mom. So I'm, but like, like a dinner where they're talking about Phoebe and she's like, well, she could always pull dance or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also liked how they had Muncher go through that building right in between them on their date as the kids are chasing it through mm-hmm. town. I thought that was really cool how they they did that. But dude, they destroyed this town with this freaking ray gun. <laughs> they did. Oh yeah. That gutter seat's pretty sweet though. If we you know um good. Oh, sorry. No good. I was gonna say Muncher is actually Josh Gad. Oh really? Yeah. Like any sounds and shit that he makes, it's Josh Gad. <laughs> That's funny. That's like Vin Diesel being Groot and all he says is I am Groot. Yeah. And did you catch catch the part in the jail where she's like, Don't I get a phone call? And he's like, Who you gonna call? Yeah. yeah. Was, like little tidbits for And the then she ones. calls the Ghostbusters. Yeah. How'd she That's have, what I was hoping Annie Potts was gonna answer. How'd she yeah. have the phone number? Did she have it from earlier or something? It was on the YouTube video. Oh, okay. That she watched that commercial. And it was really sad because, you know, she brings him up and he's like, he can rot in hell. And she's like, well, he just passed away. It's like he just died last week. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, man. Damn. Oh, yeah. Danny. Like everybody, yeah, like, every, them. everybody hates this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's just how he up and left. But it's like, you know, he had to keep shit hush hush and figure it out. But I think it just made him seem like he was crazy and right, deserted yeah. his family, deserted his friends, cleaned out all their fucking equipment, you know. But obviously, there's something bigger happening, which we find out here shortly. Well, and yeah. I think in his defense, he, he tried to explain this to everybody, and they all thought he was nuts. So then he had no yeah. other option but to mm-hmm. leave. So it's not like he just up and left and took everything. He, because Dan Aykroyd says, you know, he was telling us about the end of the world and some prophecy and he was like he went nuts and then stole all of our shit well like no he didn't first off he tried to tell you and you wouldn't listen yeah Yeah. so um but the other note i have here is honestly how in the hell would you sell this to somebody that this is actually happening like i i don't know (laughs) i mean it's pretty crazy yeah yeah i think that was the only person she could think to like even call contact about it 
right. because of the history. And a weird like side fun fact, Dan Aykroyd and his family actually are like ghost hunters. Oh, yeah, really? We talked about this before, didn't we? I think so. Yeah, I forget what, what movie we were talking about, but yeah, that's like the family business. Like I've seen a documentary and he talks all about it. And he's like, yeah, I had to do a movie about it because that's like my life. That's what I grew up doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I know he's got uh, vodka, which I'm a big fan of. Vodka in general, at yes. least. <laughs> <laughs> Scene five, Attack of the Marshmallow Man. Exactly. Meanwhile, we see ghosts coming out of the mountain while Gruberson buys ice cream at the local Walmart and notices the Marshmallow Man coming out of a pack of marshmallows. Suddenly, all of the marshmallows become Marshmallow Men and begin destroying the store. While trying to get away from the marshmallows, Gruberson runs into a large beast with horns that chases him through the store and back to his car. We cut to the next morning. Podcast Phoebe, Trevor, and Lucky meet at the diner and discuss Gozer and their research finding that the tower in New York was built from materials mined out of Somerville, which is where the Ghostbusters fought the ghosts in New York. The group go to the mine, finding carvings and replicas of Gozer. They find Ivo Shandor in a glass coffin inside the mine. Phoebe finds dates carved in a wall, while uh, which correlate to the dates in history. And so there's like a bunch of things that happened in these years that they, they start rattling off. But it's also earlier in the movie at um, Egon's house, when they first get there, all of those dates are written on the wall. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. So it yeah. was it was like he was replicating that. Um and did we talk about that there's earthquakes all the time? Did we mention that? Um only the that's why Paul Rudd was there to basically investigate okay. the earthquakes. But yeah, to your point, they're like the town shakes at least once a day, which we're getting ready to find out why. Right. Yeah. Um, suddenly ghosts start whispering from a large hole in the ground. And then we see these three large proton beam machines shoot rays down into the, uh, hole, which basically does it start the earthquake or does the earthquake start? And that's what triggers the rays. Do you guys remember? I think that that triggers it. Yeah. Okay. So the earthquake starts, the rays shoot down and stop the ghosts from coming out of the hole. But whenever that happens, um, I think podcast is standing next to this Ivo guy's glass coffin. And then he sees that he like wakes up. Uh, Phoebe realized that the earthquakes are the ghosts trying to exit the mountain. Egon had built this machine, which is triggered by the earthquakes to stop the ghosts from leaving the hole. Even when no one believed him, he gave up his family, his friends and life to protect the world. So here's where we kind of see that it's starting to, to reveal that Egon was not an asshole or just simply crazy, right? Yeah. Right. But with all of these statues and this dead guy in this coffin, like I feel like could he not have like sent pictures to the other Ghostbusters and been like, hey, look at all this shit I found? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was all about. I did enjoy a bit of a plot hole, I guess. Yeah, a little. I did enjoy though how they like use all of those dates with actual happenings to kind of say, "Hey, these things that happened were because of you know this." Yeah. What with the dates, yeah. Sorry, I was writing. <laughs> no, were you writing a book? I was writing a note. <laughs> What's the purpose of Ivo in this scene? Do you guys have any idea? Mm, no. I'm not sure. Because like when those rays all shoot down in the hole, like he wakes up. But I don't know if it's the rays shooting into the hole that wake him up. I think it's the mountain because he's dead, presumably, right? He has to be. He's not like really yeah. alive. Yeah. So maybe that there's enough energy from these ghosts that it makes him wake up. 
maybe i don't know that, yeah that was yeah. my thought because he's only in it for like two seconds <laughs> when he actually does wake up but. right yeah it's split in half yeah uh scene six callie finds egon's lab Back at the farm, Callie discovers Egon's lab, which we saw earlier. Phoebe had found it, but the lights start to shine on the wall, and there's a collage of pictures of Callie and the family he kept over the years. Um, while this is going on, we see that Gozer sneaks into the lab, and then it cuts to the kids who arrive to find Callie possessed, saying there's no mom, only Zul. Her eyes glowing red, she asks Podcast if he's the key master and tries to bite Phoebe. We cut to an also possessed Gruberson at the mine, moving proton the proton machines away from the hole so they can't shoot down anymore, which allows the ghost to escape the mountain. The entire town shakes violently, and Callie jumps out of a window, running away, presumably to the mountain. Outside, Phoebe finds power lines surrounding the house, realizing her grandfather had built a huge trap out of the entire house, and he had uh, created a charge big enough to trap all of the evil spirits. We see Gruberson and Callie unite at the mountain. The kids raid the police station for the Ecto-1 proton pack and trap heading to the mountain to stop the ghosts. At the mountain, Callie and Gruberson turn back into beasts, guarding the stairs. Ivo wakes up but is immediately killed by the goddess. I think they call her the goddess. Uh, we see that throughout the town there are ghosts everywhere, including old miners, uh, regular looking ghost spirits, all kinds of different ones. Phoebe distracts the goddess while podcast traps one of the beasts, releasing their mother, Callie, who runs to the car with the kids to escape. In the car, Callie tells the kids everything they already know, basically showing that she's on board. So Callie like wakes up and like starts telling Phoebe, oh, hey, gr your grandfather wasn't crazy. He really came here to protect everybody, which is hilarious to me because they already figured all this out like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a funny moment. So there is no mom, there is only Zool. There's only Zool. Do you think <laughs> that Phoebe and Gruberson set all of this in motion by letting that first ghost out of the trap? Yeah. Yes. So that ghost mm -hmm. was was that Gozer? Or I think so. I think I don't know if that was good. I, th I think it was Gozer because Zul is the like ultimate. Mm. I guess I'm or trying no, to Gozer is the ultimate. So was the grandpa just like, cause like these ghosts were sneaking out. I'm assuming like he was stopping all of them from getting out, but it probably didn't stop one from sneaking through. So is that what he was basically doing? He was just stopping them one by one versus all at once. That I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how, because obviously he's gone, so he's not protecting the town anymore. But like, I don't know that. Like I said, I think they just let out the last ghost he caught, if I remember right. correctly. Correct. So, so I don't know. You're you're muted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think that like that whole process, like it had to have that last ghost too for anything else to happen. So yeah, that definitely set things into motion. Or was he catching these ghosts and putting them down in that hole? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like he could have been catching them and then burying them on the property as he was catching them. But then he did have the huge one that he was going to do them all with. But I think that's because the last date on that wall was 2021, which I'm assuming is when he was talking about this big apocalypse or whenever this, mm -hmm. whoever comes back. And I think he wasn't going to be able to stop that one without capturing them all. I think was, was what they were going for, I guess. 
Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, but Jess is the expert. I'm not an expert. You are. You are the <laughs> local expert, okay? She has a separate Ghostbusters podcast if you guys were interested. <laughs> Dude, I totally would. It's just her by herself. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about theories, like, well, here's what I think. (laughs) This is where I have the note, and I text you guys about this a little bit. This is where the the movie kind of takes like a weird goosebumpsy Nickelodeon type turn, like with Gruberson and Callie, and like they get to the inside of that cave is really where it was like really Nickelodeon y for me because it was like. And I get it; it's PG thirteen, and kids mm-hmm. can watch this. But I was like, "Eh, this kid comes off a little corny at this point." I like liked it though. Of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what it reminded me of. <laughs> I liked it though because it was just kind of fun adventure, you know. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I guess I didn't dislike it. I was just like that. Like I felt like up until that, it was very in line with the well, maybe not the Walmart scene either. It got kind of. It was kind of goofy too. I think it reminded me of the Walmart scene. It reminded me of Gremlins actually, with the little marshmallows running around. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny because it's like obviously in the original, it's a state. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is huge, right? And in this, it's like little mini ones. That's fucking hilarious when Gary throws the like ice cream at it. <laughs> yeah, and I love like when he sees the hellhound, and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god! From that point, it's so fucking funny just seeing mm-hmm. him run across Walmart, right. dive through the windshield of the car that's missing. <laughs> Dude, talk about product placement, though. You got the big ass Walmart sign. Then you got is it Ben and Jerry's? Was that the ice cream he was getting? It I was Baskin so. Robbins, actually. Baskin, Baskin Robbins, Robbins, yeah. Because yeah. like it's like all these ice creams, and the only one you can make mm-hmm. out is that label. I was like, oh, I wonder how much money they got paid for this. Yeah. yeah, it was funny though. That was a good scene. It was. Um How about our, the sex scene. <laughs> so that's they did have sex, right? I yeah. think so, yeah. Well they even like say it at the end. She, mm-hmm. he's like, I think that we and she's like, Yeah, we did, but it's fine. <laughs> she like rips her clothes off and it turns into that dress and then like, yeah. That's funny. It was funny too. All right. Scene seven, the final battle. They make it back to the farmhouse, which is surrounded by dust and storms. Phoebe lures the goddess to the house with the key master trap. Luckily, uh, I'm sorry, Lucky and Trevor try to use the proton pack to trap the goddess, but the marshmallow men destroy Trevor's pack, allowing the goddess to possess Lucky and release the key master. Just as the goddess goes to kill them, the original Ghostbusters, Peter Ray and Winston, show up dressed to fight. After a bunch of one-liners, the goddess gets the best of them as well, shoving them back against the car. As she goes to kill the Ghostbusters, Phoebe uses her proton pack to shoot the goddess with the help of her grandfather's spirit, and the original Ghostbusters jump in to help as they overpower her. Callie opens the trap that Egon made out of the house, trapping all of the ghosts and the goddess inside. Lucky and Gruberson hatch from the beast statues and are unharmed. The spirit of Egon embraces Trevor and Phoebe, before ultimately hugging Callie and then vanishing into the sky. We cut to a city and the Ecto-1 flashing as it drives across a big bridge, hinting that the Ghostbusters are back. The end. Mm. Oh, it was a good ending. I got emotional. You did? Did you cry? Yeah. I got, yeah, I had some tears. I which, teared up. They did a really good job of, because I feel like they could have went one way with it, like, either Egon and the Ghostbusters like embrace and make up or he focuses on the family. I, I think they did a good job of making everybody like basically Egon redeeming himself with every, like all of them. Mm-hmm. But they also did a great job of not like that 
final scene where they bring the original three in could have been super corny. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that was going to go just because they're so much older now. I mean, they have to be like 70 or in their 70s. Yeah, for sure. But they actually didn't look too bad. I think they're actually in their 60s. The, um, what is it, Winston? He's the uh, he's the older black gentleman, right? Yes. He actually looked the youngest, coincidentally. And he's the older. That's what Abby, Abby was like, oh my God, Bill Murray looks terrible. And yeah, so look, Dan Aykroyd didn't look too bad. She looked up their ages and yeah, he, that he was the oldest and looked the best. We were like, wow. He actually didn't look like that much different. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. They I I like how they let each of them have like their one little thing and then they just mm-hmm. tied it all in together. But yeah, I didn't get emotional. I'm also again like I'm not a huge Ghostbusters guy, but I could see why you would. That was just funny when they like let Gary out of the shell and he's like, Yeah, back there before we, we became dogs and opened the gates of hell. <laughs> it's just a lot of funny lines. <laughs> oh shoot. Jess, when you saw us in the theater, did everybody stand up and clap? Um, I don't think so. That's no. Uh-uh. Did you? No. Jess, did you? I'm not a clapper. I don't like. I don't like that. Did you whoop or anything? <laughs> did I what? Whoop or anything whoop. like that? <laughs> no, I thought it was great, but no, I don't stand up and fucking clap in the movies. I think that that's fucking annoying. I agree. I find it odd. It makes me feel uncomfortable, to be honest. Yeah, I'm like this isn't a play. This isn't a live audience. They don't right. know we're, we're watching clapping. right now. They have Chill no out, idea. Everybody, <laughs> they have no idea we're clapping right now. Yeah, people do that for like Marvel movies and shit. And I'm like, sit the fuck down, like get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid for a Marvel movie. Jesus Christ. Oh shoot, dude. Do you get up and say that? <laughs> sit yeah, the I do. Fuck down. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Throws popcorn kernels at people. Flips her flips her popcorn bucket. Has a big freaking scene. Just starts um, throwing shit at people. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The ending of this movie was pretty predictable. But the way I mean, the way it played out was predictable. But I did like how they tried to at least throw a little bit of uh, tension in there, like because Finn's mm-hmm. uh, Trevor's pack wouldn't work, and then Lucky gets gets uh, taken over by one of those hellhounds. I thought that they did a good job of. Yeah, it was good. Because again, it's PG-13. So you kind of already know how it's going to play out, right? Right. I mean, it's not going to have a, an awful like sad ending or something. Right. But uh, there was, I think, a, a cut scene in the credits where it's Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver, and they're like looking at those cards. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. But was she in the movie at all, aside from that? Because it, it had her just, listed as a cast member, but I'm like, she wasn't in it. It was just that ending, that uh, credits scene. I was disappointed the weave wasn't in it more. I know. I thought yeah. I thought that would ruin the whole movie for you, honestly. I thought you were going to come in here raising hell. Because isn't she the one that gets like possessed in the original one? Yeah. Okay. That's but that's why I'm wondering. And you know that Olivia Wilde was Gozer, right? Is that uh, who? Okay. I thought okay. that was her, but like she wasn't listed anywhere. Yeah, that's her. Hmm. I'm not hmm. happy with her anyway. She really did my man Jason Sudeikis dirty. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to yeah. put up with it. Is there anything else <laughs> you guys want to say about the final scene? Mm-mm. I liked it. Yeah, good. I loved it. All right. Let's jump over to fun facts with so Papers here. Hang on a second. Jesus Christ. You have one job, dude. So obviously it was dedicated to Harold Ramis who died in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn Wolfhard did not know he was auditioning for this movie. The audition sides were purposefully kept generic and vague uh, as the movie was developed in secret. Oh, wow. 
They let's be honest. They were going to cast that kid regardless. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, here's a little Easter egg. Uh, the Toastmaster two slice toaster from Ghostbusters two appears in the kitchen at Egon's house. What? Yeah. Uh, in response to this film seeming to gloss over the events of Ghostbusters 2, Jason Rittman said that the second movie is still canon and that it's possible to revisit Vigo in a potential sequel. Hmm. I don't remember what happens in the second one, Jess, do you know? Um, that's like the... Like Vigo, another ghost or it's something? It's the painting. There's like a painting that comes to life. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so it sounds like they are going to do another one from what I read. Was the green ghost not in this or did I miss it? A uh, Slimer? Yeah. It was. I didn't see him. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, director Jason Rittman is the son of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 director Ivan Rittman. Ooh. Yeah. Keeping it in the family, son. Keeping it in the fam. Uh, McKenna Grace wears the same eyeglass frames that Harold Ramis wore as Dr. Egan Spengler in the original Ghostbusters and has a similar hairstyle. And you see it, right? Because she finds his glasses in his coat pocket and she puts them up to her glasses and they're like the same glasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Rudd turned down the chance to repart- reprise his role of Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills to do this movie instead. You are kidding me. That's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> you are kidding what me. What the frick? Really? <laughs> I guess. Oh, this movie's going down now, mother fr- Are you <laughs> joking? Ty's, Are you upset? I'm not happy. Uh, after the controversy and financial failure of Ghostbusters 2016, further sequels for that movie were abandoned. This prompted Sony to make a sequel to the original two films. When a box set was announced that included this film, the reboot, reboot was not included. When it was pointed out that the reboot had some fans, Sony decided to include it as a digital copy. So that movie must have really done badly. Yeah. It didn't do good. Uh, according to Jason Rittman, he envisioned the role of Callie with Car- Carrie Coon in mind. Uh, the film is Coon's first comedic role. All of her previous roles are serious and At one point, Rittman had self-doubts on whether uh, Coon could pull it off, so he talked to every director that she had worked with previously, and he was convinced to stick by his choice. Wow. I thought she was great. Yeah, she's in Gilded Age. I love her. But she's in a real, it's like a real serious role, though. Mm-hmm. She came uh, off at the, first, like, kind of cranky. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like her. And then she was, like, funny. Yeah, she was pretty good. Uh, the first Ghostbusters film to take place outside of New York City. Hmm. Each of the main child actors emulates one of the original Ghostbusters. Phoebe emulates uh, Egon Spengler. Podcast emulates Ray Stance. Trevor emulates Winston Zettermore, and Lucky emulates Peter Venkman. Hmm. Peter Venkman. Which one drove the car in the original one? Uh, Jess. I was Peter. Oh. Hmm. Or I think maybe it like went back and forth between him and Egon. Which one's Bill Murray? Peter. Peter Peter Venkman. I could see Finn being Peter. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's all I have for fun facts. There's a lot. Is that maybe that's why because they individually, the original Ghostbusters, they go up to each of the kids at the end and talk to them, right? Because Dan Aykroyd talks mm-hmm. to because you find out that Dan Aykroyd is a podcast only podcast subscriber. And Dan Aykroyd says, yeah, I like it a lot. It really picks up around episode 40 or finds its voice on episode 46, right? Yeah. He's like, he's his only subscriber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He is the only one. <laughs> and like, he knows like the initial, the acronym for it, right? Whatever the acronym was for the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's like, you're my subscriber. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I really find his voice around episode 46. It's <laughs> funny. But yeah, there's just a lot of stuff about um, like the original and there's Easter eggs and there's a lot of facts about that kind of thing. Seth, so this stuff did, like tied back to the original a lot. You did a yeah. great job. You did an excellent job, Seth. I mean, I'm always impressed by you, but you really, you really came with your A, a game today. Thanks, dear. Yes. All right. Let's do. Oh, wait. That concludes Fun Facts with Seth. <laughs> he, he gets upset if we don't give him his intro and outro. All right, HMC favorites. Jess, what was your favorite scene or scenes from the movie? Oh gosh, I have several. <laughs> so just one thing, I don't think I really brought it up, but I love that Paul Rudd has the kids watching fucking Cujo and Child's Play. So funny, class. dude. So <laughs> funny when Chucky is like stabbing and the yeah. kids are all like, ah. It's like apparently this it. school district still uses VHS tapes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's that fucking <laughs> that's old TV one. that's strapped to the cart, you know. Yeah. I wonder if they um, did that just to be like a throwback to the 80s to kind of make it. I think so. You know? Probably. I think so. Well, I think it's supposed to show you how shitty this town is. Yeah. Yeah. Out of date. Um, so when they set out to find Muncher in the old Ectomobile, I really liked that. Like this, the chase through town and her coming out on the gunner seat. I thought that whole thing was really cool. Um, and the Walmart run, I really liked all of that. <laughs> and the little mini stay puffed marshmallows and the terror mm. dog. Um, and then obviously the end when Egon spirit comes back to help defeat um, Gozer and helping Phoebe hold the blaster. I just really liked that whole part. So basically you liked the whole movie. I did. I <laughs> yeah, basically it. that's what she said. <laughs> Jeezy peace. What about you, Seth? HMC favorites. I liked any scene that had like Paul Rudd in it and any scene that had Phoebe and podcast. I thought they were really good together just mm-hmm. playing off each other. They were hilarious. And then obviously the ending sequence was probably my favorite scene kind of from when they're down in the mine on to the end. Yeah, I agree. The downtown, the, the muncher scene downtown where they just go through and wreck that town. It's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. So I thought it was, it looked good and it was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm, I, I'm the, According to Jess, last episode, I'm a houseboy. So, like, I love <laughs> all the scenes where she's like investigating and finding uh, clues and stuff in the house. I thought all that was done really well. And then any Paul Rudd and Phoebe scene was was great. I, and Callie as well. I like the way they all play off of each other. So, yeah. the the thing you liked most about the movie, Jess? Um, I just like how they tried to tie it as much as they could into like the originals. I really liked that. Um, and I just thought the casting was great. I thought Phoebe was awesome and Paul Rudd, just like you said, their all their interactions together were great. Yep, totally agree. What about you, Seth? Definitely all the actors. Um, like I said, Finn was probably my least favorite, not because of him, just that character was kind of uninteresting, but I thought all the actors are really casted well they play well together um and i like all the comedic parts in the, in the movie it made it fun and the adventure feeling of it yeah uh i mirror everything you guys just said the only thing i'll add is um i felt like they just went for like a feel-good vibe because like from the start to the end it's really funny and it's easy to watch and i think it's also uh I really enjoyed how they tied in the older movies and the older ghostbusters into the new one because i think this is really the best way to reboot this franchise mm-hmm. Um, is by staying true to the originals, which they did. So I thought that was, I thought they did a really good job there. Yeah, and I think like anybody my age or older <clears throat> is going to love this movie just because it reminds them of when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think they did, good, did a good job of tying that into this a lot. Yeah. I agree. I think where a lot of newer movies fail is because they try to go back and either rewrite the original or try to like 
change something from the original versus this, where they just basically fully embraced it and helped grow the story versus trying to change the original story. Yeah. Right. Jess, what did you not like about the movie? Um, Nothing except for the fact that we already talked about how Egon kind of gets a bad rap <laughs> throughout a lot of the movie. Um, that just made me sad because I'm like, I know he's really a good guy. <laughs> right. And he wasn't doing this. He was just trying to help, you know, and um, but I'm glad um, it like he got his re- redemption at the end. I don't know if we would have gotten that emotional ending, though, if we didn't have all that. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it definitely built <clears throat> it, it does a good job of putting basically their skin in the game. Right. Because he's right. At first, the mom hates him, mm. and the kids don't know anything about him. And then even the original, the other Ghostbusters hated him. And then yeah, I think it probably wouldn't have been as meaningful to end if it if they didn't do that. But they did a good job of. I think it's with the Phoebe character because a she does look a lot like him, same glasses, mm. very similar haircut. But like I don't know that she ever didn't like him throughout the whole movie. I always felt like she was looking for a reason to like him. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah. What about you, Seth? Anything you didn't like? I actually couldn't think of anything. I really enjoyed this movie. Going into it, I wasn't sure. I'm like, is this going to be like stupid? or? But I really liked it. It was good. Yeah, same here. I didn't have anything. It's And again, it's probably a little nitpicky, but it was just that cave scene was very Nickelodeon-y. I don't know why. I don't even know why it bothered <laughs> me, to be honest with you. I was just like, I just feel like it didn't fit with the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't notice it as much as you did. Yeah. But that's really it. And honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything... I think maybe it bothered me because it didn't take anything away from the movie. It just didn't add anything to the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, will you watch it again, Jess? <laughs> of course. Seth? Yeah, I would. I said absolutely. I'm hoping I can get the kids to watch it because I think they would really... I think this would be... So people ask me a lot. They're like, what, what would be like... What's the first horror movie you're going to introduce your kids to? And while I don't know that this is a horror movie per se, I think this would be a good one for like to... St- have them dip their toe in the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or saw or (laughs) saw. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Either one. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Uh, all right, let's jump over to Stabby's ratings. We rate every movie on a zero to five Stabby scale. Some movies get zeros because they're terrible. Some movies get fives because we really enjoy watching them at the end. We'll average out and give you the average Stabby's rating for the HMC. We are where you should be going to get your horror movie reviews and ratings. Jess, your movie hmc 92 holy cow ghostbusters afterlife or seth it's your you go first i'm sorry seth what do you rate this movie uh like i said i liked all the actors the casting was really good um i like the adventure feeling of it because i like those kind of movies um the nostalgic feeling i like the throwback with the 80s characters um kind of like that that tied that together so i gave it a four and a half 4.5 I'm sorry 5 holy cow you can say 4.5 I can figure it out you got mad last time I did that (laughs) oh I did I just like to yell at you you need to say the decimal not the fraction (laughs) did I say that something along those lines you should say 4 slash 1 over 2 okay that's what I'm going to do next time 4.5 Jess your movie Ghostbusters Afterlife what do you give this movie it comes as no surprise. I'm going to say I fucking love this movie. Um, and I love all the Ghostbusters movies. I love that they used a lot of the same score from the original movies. The casting was great. Paul Rudd was great. Um, Phoebe's character was awesome. Um, the ending was great. I give it a five. Wow. Yeah. I knew it. I love it. <laughs> I saw the five come and I was like, she's going to rate this. It's a great. It's a great. It's a good movie. 
So I've lost count of how many times I've watched it at this point. I really enjoy I feel like the next time I watch, I'm going to like it even more. Um, again, it's a fun, feel-good movie. I enjoyed watching it. I like how the story ties into the original one really well without trying to over or like rewrite the original. Paul Rudd steals the show, in my opinion. I don't know if they had cast somebody else in that role if this movie would have been as good. I don't think a movie would have been bad, but I don't think it would have been as good. Um, but overall, so good. And for me, I rated it a four out of five. So not as high as you guys, but four's not bad. Mm-mm. Not bad at all. Um, all right, let's jump over to some of those other folks that like to rate and review movies. Jess, would you like to read the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus? Ghostbusters Afterlife crosses the streams between franchise revival and exercise and nostalgia. And this time around, the Bustin mostly feels good. You did a great job. Thanks. I mean, you did like a really, really great job. I'm very impressed with you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> critics gave it a 63% on 404 reviews. Ew. I know. Their average rating was a Dumbasses. 62%, which is weird because usually that is higher than their their uh their main review. Anyway, uh, Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it a 94% on 5,000 reviews. A 4.6 out of 5 or 92% average. IMDb gave it a 7.1 or 71% on 160,000 reviews. So, wow, it's mixed reviews here. Um, us, the Horror Movie Crew, where you should be going to get your horror movie reviews and ratings, we gave it a 4.5 out of 5 average stabbies rating or a 90%, making it a scudden. Yes. Yay. Are you going to do it, Seth? This is a good one? There we go. <laughs> Lord. That's loud for me. <laughs> that was pretty loud. I'm going to edit that down. You're going to blow people's car, <clears throat> car windows out. But, uh, get in. So, yeah, we were pretty much on. We were right there with the Rotten Tomatoes audience. I don't know what the critics were, what their deal is, but. They're stupid. Fuck. Them. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably the type that stand up in movies and clap. I guarantee it. Yep. They're clappers. You don't want to be yeah. a clapper. Kids. Mm-mm. Don't be clappers. Don't be that person. Oh, man. Look, Jess, it's 1113. I promised you I would have you out of here by 1130. Did I not? I'm impressed. I'm a man of my word. She cannot be late for her nude kayaking adventure. Really? She's like, I got to get these nips in the crick, okay? Nips in the crick. (laughs) All right. Anything else you guys want to say about Ghostbusters Afterlife before we wrap it up? Just if you haven't seen it, it's a good one. Yes. Sagudin. We labeled it a Sagudin. HMC mm-hmm. labeled Sagudin. All right. In that case, let's do some patron shout outs. Vicky D. Thank you. Vicky Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast. Kimberly D. Mike R. D. Cole. Felicia Connor from Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. The Ashleys. Ashley V. and Ashley S. The original patrons mark and brooke from podcast on elm street and my lovely mother nana stevie nicks who jess you missed a call right before you logged on she called was on here talking to us she was very confused yeah she said you tell that bitch jessica oh tell her what stevie she's so sweet she yeah. can be. She can be. Um, uh, real quick note to all the patrons. Shirts. The new design is out, and the new shirt should be going out hopefully this week. If T Public would cooperate with my... I'm not going to buy them if they're not on sale. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm cheap. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I know. What are you going to do? Uh, but that's it. The next episode is Studio 666. 
Jess and I love the Foo Fighters. We're going to see what Seth thinks. He's probably going to shit all over it just because he's not a nice person. Yeah, probably. Probably right. hate it. Uh, I don't know that you're going to hate it. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I think I'll enjoy it. Okay. All right. In that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Hey, Krubies. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more or you want to follow us on social media, Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all.